This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. The economy is crazy right now. All-time high inflation, bearish stock market, rising home prices and interest rates. How do you figure it all out? Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner professional from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but with Facet, a dedicated expert guides you through every financial decision. Facet advisors are certified financial planner professionals and fiduciaries. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. You get an entire team of experts within insurance, taxes, estate planning, and budgeting to make complex financial decisions easy. Facet has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit tryfacetwealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment legal or tax advice. Welcome back to Cottage Talk. This is our post-match show of Fulham's 2-1 victory against Leicester City. Neil and I did a full-time show along with Rob Wilson. Well, now it's time to do a show, a full post-match show with Janusz Janais and Mats Cohen. This should be fun. I look forward to talking to my co-host. Let's not waste any time. Mr. Max, I'm going to go to you. Let's get your opening view of this 2-1 victory. What a huge victory for Fulham. Massive victory, Ross. Um, I mean, I can't remember the last time we beat a big side in the Premier League. You have to go back at least to 2014, 2013. And this is what the Premier League is all about. We haven't had a taste of this in a while because the Premier League isn't about just surviving by a point. It's not about beating West Brom or drawing Sheffield United. It's about going toe-to-toe with the best sides in the league. Leicester City, former Premier League champion. That's you know, right. In Europa League. Fourth place in the league when we played them, let's not forget. Beat Man City 5-2 at the Eddie Hat. This is a good side. Don't get me wrong. It's a top and, six side. And, and we played an excellent game plan against them. Yep. And we showed we belong in this division. 
which we haven't seen up until this point. I mean, that's a convincing display. It's a disciplined performance. It's professional. It's in a way smash and grab the likes of which we haven't seen. Again, I'm going to stretch back in maybe 2012, maybe 2013, but it's so professional. This is a difference. I think when we look at 2018, 19 versus this season, we never would have seen a performance like this. I totally agree, Matt. And, and that's it's what you have with commentators comparing us again. Oh, are we like the last time we were in the Premier League? I heard that, and yeah. there's no comparison, Max. No comparison. That actually is an insult to us. I heard that comparison during the match. It's not the same team at all. Yeah, and, and let me just say quickly to, to close. Let's look at the players who stepped up, right? Ivan Cavallaro. Yeah. I've slated him on the podcast. I think every <laughs> single fan has. That's amazing determination and belief to score that penalty. Great penalty. Adamo Lookman. He missed a penalty. I mean, That's we have right. people on this podcast calling him to be dropped. And what, how has he responded? He got an assist against Everton and scored the opening goal against Leicester City. That's right. This match is a testament to Scott Parker sticking with his players. I think as a manager, he deserves my man of the match because he set out them with a belief, a game plan, but yep. also didn't let their heads drop. And I think this is another, uh, maybe a lesson to us fans, have belief in the squad because players who we never thought could do what they're doing are beating Leicester City in the Premier League. And Cavalier, looking the two goal scorers, got so much stick. Fair credit to them. Putting your head down, working the training ground, and not letting the noise get to them. It's, uh, listen, great analysis to start the show. We have a lot to, as you could say, unpack to talk about this. And, and it's really all good stuff. I, you know, again, I'm sure we can find some negatives in here, but there's a lot of good stuff. If you're watching live with us, please feel free to share who was your man of the match. And uh, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. But I have to move on to Mr. Giannis Janais. Giannis, give me your opening thoughts and we'll really get into this. Well, I don't want anybody to take offense by this next statement. And I don't, and I, okay. I do honestly do not endorse this. But Monday night, we went out hunting foxes. <laughs> and, and we got the buggers. We, we hunted the foxes, <laughs> we tracked them down. Okay. And we did what we needed to do. Yes. No, it was a, it was, it was a remarkable win. And it re- on, oh my God, so many levels. Um, and Max has talked about the players that stepped up. Scott um, Parker. I mean, uh, but what was in, uh, But it's funny that the, the the moment that sort of grabbed me was that after the game. It was actually the it was the um, the interview with Caballero. Yep. When he said, you know, the coaches put together a really good game plan. Yes. And I thought that was really telling. And and Parker's been talking about, okay, we're giving them a lot of information they've got to take on board. They've got to be able to be sponges and they have to understand why they're doing what they're doing. And hence the frustration with a number of games. Palace is the first one that comes to mind. Yep. Where you're 10 minutes and you go down. Now the players can come away from a game like this and say, well, if we follow the plans good things will happen. And Leicester fans might say, well, we hit the, Tielemans hit the post, um, uh, follow-up uh, should, should have gone in. But we, everybody... Beyond that, the beyond no, the goal, they, no, what else? Not, no, there really wasn't. I mean, the, the goal, and the goal they scored was a, was a cracking, it was a really was a cracking goal sure. um, by Barnes. And Parker won't be happy with certain manners, but but as a team performance, when you get to the stage where Brendan Rodgers says, "I've got no complaints," and um, you know it, the media saying, "Oh, we're, we're the better side on the night," it's it's a testament, and it's great because now we go up to City Manchester Stadium on Saturday, got yep. bollocks to lose, might as well go up there and have a go, see what happens. 
Absolutely. And uh, that's going to lead me to go right back to you, Giannis, because I want to talk about Scott Parker. And in my opinion, he got his tactics right. You know, we're going to follow up by talking about how he changed the formation, how Bobby Decker played a wing back. Okay. Think about that. Think about how everyone had to buy in to these tactics, the formation. And, you know, again, the decisions of who played in this match, and they all played together as a team. As Max said at the beginning, it was a professional team game because they all played together as a team. They weathered a little bit of a storm, and then once they got their opportunities, they took it. But let's talk about the tactics. And what were your thoughts when, you know, again, in the early stages in the match, you saw how Fulham were set up because I could go back, I don't know, at the beginning of the season, I don't know if they were capable of pulling this off because, again, this was a plan B. We're going to talk about was this a plan B for Scott Parker, meaning a different game plan, playing against the opponent. Giannis, this was playing against the opponent, taking away what Leicester City wanted to do, and that, to me, set the players up to succeed. They just needed to do their jobs. Your thoughts? Well, I was I messaged Max just before the lineup, uh, before the start of the game, because TC was out and Mitro was out, and Cav was in, and I messaged him and said, "What? Well, I'm not sure what's going on here." Right. But if anybody wanted any proof or had any doubt, this was Scotty's team. He's he's dropped the captain. He's dropped the goal, top goal scorer. He's made Anderson the captain. Let's not forget that that was a seismic move. Anderson Huge. the four games makes him the captain. He puts Bobby Dekadover Reed as a wing back. And he brings in, and I was meh about bringing Loftus Cheek, if only because his last game against Everton was decent, but it was in a cameo role. Yep. But as it turns out, it was the right move. They really looked, they looked flummoxed, Leicester. Vardy made a lot of his amazing, incredible runs off the ball. That's what he's brilliant at. But they really couldn't generate a lot. And you knew there was trouble at brewing, even at half-time when he made the two subs. Yep. And um, they didn't really generate a lot, Russ. First 20, 25 minutes. I mean, apart from that, you know, post, da-da-da. Yep. Um, I didn't think they were going to break us down. They just didn't. They weren't moving the ball quickly enough. I think that the way we were defending, deep but still pressing, the strikers they did, a, did a super job early. Especially yep. Dekadova really was running around like a rabbit. And... Um, they had no plan B. No, they did not. Absolutely. So, you know, I, well, again, they went to a, a different plan, I guess you could say, with the change at halftime. But it really didn't change things that much. And, Max, I want to go to you because, again, your thoughts on this. Because when we look at this and we look how Fulham want to have possession normally, right? In most of their games, they want to have possession. Well, it, it's pretty obvious. So does Leicester City. And a decision was made by Scott Parker to let them have the possession that they were going to have. But again, they were not going to get in the areas that they wanted to and were really going to have a hard time breaking foam down the way that Parker set it up. The Bobby Decadova read thing, I, you know, again, I, when you look on the face of it, can that work? It did work. And that's a testament to him. But it's also, like you said, it's a testament to the players to see this out. Like I said, a plan B. There was a plan B meaning how Fulham want to play. They want to play what we would say Parker ball, the possession game. He threw that out. You know, I could even go back, and again, it was a different game plan against Brentford in the final. 
but it was a different game plan. Here was a completely different game plan that the team bought into. Your thoughts? I think the Bobby Dekudovri thing cannot be stressed enough. How, how much of a masterstroke that was, but also think how about much that. of a surprise it was. This is a player. That's who, a huge decision, by yeah, the way. This is a player who wasn't a consistent starter in the championship. You know, couldn't even get in their starting eleven. Couldn't find the goal. You know, for his life, and is now you know what got three Premier League goals. But I don't think he's ever played as a right wing back. I think Parker again. Everyone's giving him credit. He he needs all the credit he gets because it's so clear in, in the first however so many matches of the season, the right back position is such a worrying area. All the goals against Everton essentially came from crosses. You know, Seamus Coleman or Lucas Dina crosses from that left. Olaina essentially getting no help from the right winger. And I remember saying even as early as the Crystal Palace match that when we played Loftus Cheek in there, our right wingers would always tuck in. Same with Deckard over they'd always tuck in. So we left with a massive hole in front of that right back position. And Parker, to his credit, has seen that. And I said, give Olaina, who's probably one of our worst defenders, one on one, give him some help. Give him a play right in front of him. And we essentially doubled up on that position when Leicester City thrive, as we know, Jamie Vardy getting on the end of crosses. Low driven cross in the box. That's one of the strongest suits. We cut off that that supply completely. Um, and who would have thought it would Bobby Deck could have read? I mean, not someone you would think of for defensive duties. But again, this is what I go back to the game plan. Yep. Parker obviously took him aside and said, It's not your favorite role, but you're gonna do a job for us. You're gonna put in a shift. And I think he said that to Cavalier as well. You know, it's a big decision to drop Mitro. Big decision to drop Kearney. I think Harrison Reed did amazing. I think also Cavalier deserves a lot of credit. When you play that thankless, essentially false nine role in the yep. way of performance, you're not going to get the ball a lot, but you have to run. You have to chase down the loose balls. You know, go for the 50-50s. And that's what Cavalier did, play quickly on the counterattack. And Parker made the gamble that Mitro was not the right player for this match. It's amazing. It's amazing and to talk about this. Yeah. yeah. You know, because, again, uh, it's funny. Uh, my friend in Spain wanted us to talk about the decision. And this goes with talking about a plan B. Giannis, to not start Tom Kearney and Mitro in this game. Let me ask you this. Could they have pulled this off with those two players? I don't know if they could have. No, I don't think they would have done. I mean, Harrison, Harrison Reed got a, a yellow card. For, and it, it was a yellow card, but it was the right challenge um, on their right back. Um, but it didn't stop his, um, his discipline for the rest of the game. Uh, Caballero worked very, very hard. Uh, Lookman was was buzzing around all over the place. I mean, you looked around all over the, the pitch, and they all put in a shift. I mean, they all worked really, really hard. And it was uh, um, when you coach it, when you coach a team in a, in a difficult game, and you set up a plan. The one prayer that you've got is that they've, they've understood the plan and they, right. they execute. And they did. They did it in abundance. I mean, it was they. It was. It was. A, it was a, an absolute top. Top draw, just top to bottom. Um, we looked quicker than them. We looked fitter than them. Um, we we were more disciplined than them. You know, it was a really good team performance, and um, it's just you know, it shuts people like Jamie Carragher up. You know, it was, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I thought that was a great post-match conference because he said, "Oh, we're going. You're going down." Well, um, we're now, you know, fourth and bottom now, and, and yeah. City. Uh, well, we've got nothing to lose going up there. Yeah, and we've shown. And look, look at the results. Four games we've lost by one. Yep. 
you look at the the Sheffield United, we should have had three points. You look at the West Ham, we should have had one. Um, Leeds United, early season, letting in four against them, I think is a bit silly, but we still scored three. So it's not to say that we... And against Wolves, I thought we put up a good fight. So yep. um, the players now will have gone back south on Monday night and gone, well, look what happens when we stick to the plan. Right. So, right. Um, it was, but it's a break. You're right, Russ. It was a very brave decision. But um, uh, Mitro's a team player. I don't know if there's any doubt about yeah. that. And Kearney, Kearney <laughs> does anybody want to put bets on uh, the next game that Kearney is captain? Oh, I'm sure. You know, because you know, again, I was brilliant. thinking the same thing. Yeah. You know, listen, this was game plan specific, as we would say here, right? It's a situation where you put out the best players for the plan that you have. And he went with this and it worked. And Max, I want to go back to you because when I rewatched this, this is the thing that really stood out to me. This talks about how the players bought in. Go back and watch this match. I, I really would advise everyone to watch this match. And you will see the three center backs working in unison from, you know, again, they were in unison. But then you would have the two wingbacks right with them. It was a bank of five. And there was no room for Jamie Vardy to do what he wants to do. So that's what's fascinating about this is that, you know, I keep hearing about, you know, parking the bus, you know, just putting everyone behind the ball. My answer to that is why not if it works when you have the pace to break as quickly as they did. That's the thing about it was when Fulham had the ball, they were dangerous. So they might have been good defensively, but this allowed them to be dangerous on the break because they had the pace. Yeah, and let's not forget uh, Angisa, who's sitting in front of that Absolutely. defense. He was also immense. Uh, Harrison they, Reed, like, they, they that first like goal, Angisa, said. Harrison Reed. I mean, they just put in shifts. That's that's the best way to put it. Um, and let's think about this, right? You're right. We did park the bus in a sense. But past Fulham teams have done that and shipped three or four goals at places like Leicester City. That's you know, right. It hasn't been for, for a lack of bodies back. Um, you know, when we've conceded goals in the Premier League, it's just been the defense have been poor and, and we switched off and we haven't tracked runners or there's been an unlucky break. And it was essentially flawless until the 85th minute on Monday night. And you can't really quantify it because so much of the issues we've had was, you know, those errors, just people, momentary lapses. What, what, what changed, you know? Was it a different game plan? Sure. But I also think the players just had confidence in themselves and confidence in Parker's game plan. I just had that bit of mentality that we're missing. Because as I said, it's a professional performance. It's a performance, an away smash and grab that we just haven't conjured up against the big sides. I think we lost, what, every single match against the top six last season home and away, or in the Premier League home and away in 2018-19. You know? And we've seen this year that we're not content just to let these matches go by. I mean, even the Everton match was against the side has done well. And we, you know, pushed right until the 90th minute in that one. So... This does give me confidence in the way that we can go to the big sides and, and play. But also, if we play like this against the teams in the bottom half of the table, we yep. should not have a problem staying up. It's just getting this consistency week in and week out, which won't be easy. Right. But we should stay up based on this performance. Well, this really shows me, and I, I just wanted to share this from my friend who's actually a Patriots fan, but he watches all of our shows. He, he's he's not a foam fan. And so here's a someone that is coming from – from you know, uh, following a different team. He said, Vardy thrives on space and a ball over the top. Fulham took that away, Giannis. And that's the best way to put it. He, they really did. They did not give 
this team what they wanted to do. And it's funny because I will recommend these uh, YouTube videos for Fulham fans to watch that from Leicester City because, again, what's interesting is hearing their view. And uh, actually one one show, uh, I will mention mention it because, again, I, I thought it was very good. It's Leicester Till I Die. They had an ex-player on. He gave full credit to Fulham because he's a player. He knows what Fulham did to take away what Leicester City wanted to do, Giannis. It really was about stifling them, but not only that, taking advantage of their opportunities when they came. Yeah, and getting some respect because I th- I'm sure Scott, yes. Scott is pissed off with people writing writing us off. And oh, it's terrible. So, yeah, and it's and the way the the way the table looks right now, Sheffield United, uh, just the bottom looks like it's fallen out. Um, and mind you, if you've got Ollie McBurney up front, you might not not score for another decade. Burnley have had a really tough start this season, but they, they were awful against City on Saturday. They just I don't know what was going on. They, I mean, they were goal down early. Tarkovsky made an absolute mare. And then it was just, Mara's had one of those games. You see, not often. I mean, he was just, he was magnificent. Then you take West Brom and it was the battle of the, the bottom dwellers. And uh, Conor Gallagher scored a nice goal. But who's kidding who here? Yeah. So the thing I think that, that Scotty's probably said it to the lads is, look, let's, we're at the bottom. We're in the bottom, but I'm, I'm getting sick of us being disrespected week in, week out, day in, day out. Let's shut a few people up. Let's let's make people take notice. And instead of talking about all these great top teams, talk about a performance like that. And on Tuesday, when they got home and they picked up the newspaper, they went online. They'd have seen all these great comments about how well we played and that's right. How defensively marshaled and individual performances and man of the match and just a great game plan against Leicester City. He would have gone joint top had they won. It's the sort of thing that players, and then that's that self-belief, self-efficacy piece. And I think it was really about Scotty. I mean, Scotty, Max is right. Scotty deserves, I mean, he's, but he's the man. Right? You know, he's such a smart, intuitive manager. And Not every manager would have done this, Giannis. I, no. I don't think every manager would have taken the risks that he did. Like I said, playing Bobby Decadore-Vareed as a wingback, Yes, maybe some would have said, okay, we're going to park the bus. But the way that they did it, the way that they were drilled, you could tell that they had been really working on this in training for not just a day, for for a while now to get ready for this. They were prepared. That was self-evident. And what's interesting about about this, guys, for me, all the matches, I, I want to say the last three or four, it all led up to this. West Ham, you saw this. You saw this against Everton. Obviously, the result did not go in our way. This, to me, was reaping the rewards of all the hard work they put in. Yeah, and isn't it funny? Isn't it funny if you look back to the Everton game? If Decadova Reed had been used as the wing back, would Dini have had the, the Dini have had the place to get the crosses in? And, I and I, I, yeah, and that's a, and that's a that's thing very interesting. They we did a good job attacking Everton, and they look a little susceptible. But I, you know, it's funny. I was talking to my wife about this before the game. Monday, Leicester losing Sayunchu is a a very big loss for Leicester yep. because you look at you know Fuchs and um, Fuchs and Evans are an experienced pairing, but they're not the quickest. They don't you know Evans is he's still playing okay, but Sayunchu is very very quick and he's mean as well, and that's a big loss. And so you always feel I always felt. Monday night that we could we could get that chance of outpacing them at the back. Vardy's always going to make because Vardy's just utter quality. Yep. 
But it's, they've missing Soyuncu. It's been a big, big loss for their club. Yep. I, I, I absolutely believe that. So we took advantage. I, I think that yeah. the, even the first goal, where Soyuncu would have been there or thereabouts, um, and a race with Lockman, I'd have fancied his chances. Um, but he wasn't there. So no. oh well. Huh. Well, listen. I'm not going to feel sorry for Leicester City. No, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not going to feel. No one feels sorry for Fulham, like you said. What's interesting about this is the plaudits they're getting now, and they deserve it. But like Max said, I was irritated listening to the broadcast and hearing comparisons to two seasons ago. That was beyond annoying for people like us who watch every match and know that this is a different team. It's not the same team. It showed me that the person who said this did not do their homework because it's not the same team. And they showed it to this person who then had many nice things to say as the match went on. So I'll just leave it at that. All right, guys. We've already pretty much talked about it, but let's really get into it. Let's talk about the starting 11 and the decision or decisions that were made here because they were huge. You leave out Tom Kearney. You leave out Alexander Mitrovic against one of the top teams in the league. And then you have Bobby Dekadova Reed as, as your right wing back. We didn't know that at the time. But again, when you looked at it, I shook my head. Max? Yeah, as, as Yana said in the group chat, I said, you know, Scotty's lost the plot. <laughs> and it's just a criminal lineup. You look at the lineup just on paper, it's terrible. I mean, we know of Mitrovic. We're playing Cavalera false nine. Um, take out Tom Kearney, who, let's remember, was having a really good spell of games. Yes. Was playing he, excellent. He's done nothing wrong, right? honestly. And, you know, listen, I've heaped praise on Parker so far, so has everyone else you know, on the show today. Yep. But after the Everton match, he's getting a lot of stick for the substitutions. I remember he took off Kearney, and people said, why is he waiting so long to bring on Mitro and Engis, et cetera? You know, he wasn't, you know, the universally popular figure he is now. I mean, that was just around a week ago. It shows you how quickly football can change. But it was a bad starting lineup in, in my mind initially. We didn't know what would come. But looking at that team and lost his cheeks in there, and I said, where's the spark going to come from? You know, Lookman was there. That was the, maybe a bright spot, but I'm just thinking, how can Cavalera consistently get a starting eleven? Um, because he was awful, you know, for, for the season. He's been terrible. He wasn't awful. And that just shows you—you you never know what players can pull out of the hat. You never know what yeah. manager says to them before the match. And when we got that penalty, I was—I didn't want it, Ross. <laughs> I said, "No, please, just—I don't want the VAR decision. Just give us open play because okay. I didn't trust him." But again, he played well and he scored the penalty. Um, so that's good. Goes to and, show and his game improved after he scored the penalty. Yeah, he was setting up passes. Mm-hmm. He was playing on the counter. He was getting Robinson involved in the left yeah. wing. I mean, it was very good. Confidence. You know, his confidence was through the roof after scoring that penalty. Giannis, over to you. Your thoughts on the starting line? Like I said, we've already talked about it, but I forgot to also mention the huge decision to start Ivan Cavallaro where probably I would say the majority of probably almost all foam supporters are, are thinking – what is he doing here playing Cavalera again? But it well, worked. Yeah, Cavs he's not he's not in my 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 uh my Floyd Aite doghouse. <laughs> Who also scored at Leicester, remember that? Back, yeah. yeah. 2019. <laughs> oh, I mean it, it, I mean that was but you know, going back to the Everton game, I, I defended yeah. Scotty because um Anguisa just played three games for Cameroon in in two weeks. Doesn't it Mitra, show how much he was missed, though, Giannis? Yeah, I think I think Scotty did the right thing. Though Mitro had played a couple of games. He captained, yeah, the big playoff game against Scotland. And then they rest him. And he he was captain against Russia. So I understand that, but there must be something he saw in Kearney that he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't happy about. And um, 
it's a very big decision to sit your club captain. Yeah. In a game like this. But as it's now, this is beautiful because now Scotty can turn around and say, well, I don't give you, I don't give you my club captain. I don't give a bollocks. When you step across the white line, there's an expectation about what we do in terms of every single game that we do. And for that reason, Maria Lamine is going to be in trouble. Yes. Because um, I agree with this. When you look at the game tape, the goal that Harvey Barnes scored, Parker will look at that and go, I'm not having that. You've, I bought you on for X amount of minutes to, to do a job, to help. And you were the wrong side of the man. You weren't touch tight. Harvey Barnes has knocked it in. That was his man. And it's that kind of thing that's going to piss Scott Scotty off. So um, if it means competition for places, I think it's great. And he did, hey, he got the lineup right. And, he did. Uh, every, everybody, even the subs, I mean, even Mitra came on and he did a job when he came on. And Brian came on for his uh, little two minutes of glory. Um, but um, no, I said to Max, what's he up to? But he got it right. So that silenced me good and proper. Okay, very good. All right. Coming up next, the guys are going to analyze the first half and the second half. We will end with man of the match, which I'm very curious what both Max and Giannis are going to say who was the man of the match. There are a few very good candidates. Okay, guys, let's get into it. Let's look at the first half. And uh, I said this on full time, Max. I'll go to you first. When we were talking about the match, you know, it's funny because I called it weathering the storm, but not about the fact that Lester were knocking on the door every two seconds. It was the fact that Fulham just needed to get 20 to 25 minutes into it without conceding a goal because of the history. That to me was what I was talking about with weathering a storm. If you understand where I'm going on that. So listen, they did have those opportunities hitting the post. You know, again, I understand that coming from a, from a set piece from, but beyond that, what did they offer? And, And I'm talking about Lester City in the very early stages. And then you have the opportunity from Fulham, and let's go right to it. Let's talk about the Adamo Lookman goal. Again, this is just very quick breaking. Again, you have Ngisa making that glorious run, but it's even more than that. It's it's the setup to Ngisa. Your thoughts on the Lookman goal that gave Fulham the lead? It's not a goal we score very often. You know, as you mentioned, Parker Ball is pass, pass, pass to the almost death, you know. This was not that. And and this is just direct, and, and it, it wasn't long ball. It wasn't. I'd still, I'd still categorize as, as a pretty goal. I thought it was very yes, easy. I would too. But it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, what we're used to. This is why I think this match just surprises me and honestly really encourages me because it was a different side of Fulham. You know, we don't really score these goals nope. very often because number one, we like to possess the ball, so we're not in positions to break quickly. But also, when we do break quickly, we often lack the composure in these spaces. So that's why I look to Lookman and I say this is going to be one of the best signings we make because this is a player who can play off the last man and get in that position where he's one-on-one with the keeper. And we've seen players miss this. It's not an easy finish. And to roll it under, hard on the ground, in the right corner, past Casper Schmeichel, a very good goalkeeper, takes a lot of skill. But most of all, belief. And and that's the word I'm going to keep going to when I talk about the two goals because this is someone who missed the Penenka penalty against West Ham. Probably shattered his confidence. And now he's in the same position. He's a long time to think about this goal. It's not an instinct to finish. He's through on goal, takes a touch, sets himself brilliantly. Just so composed. and It's just Premier League quality. 
And this is, I think, the difference between, you know, 2018, 19 and this year is that counterattack. And Gisa Lookman, that's Premier League quality. Yeah. Gisa's improved so much since that first season in the Premier League. Because in the first season of the Premier League, he might have dribbled one too many players, or held onto the ball too long. That was, again, a mature... The pass was perfect. Yeah, and he shrugged off, I think. It was Dennis Pratt who tried to yes. get tackle. Just the willing, the, the idea, know where the defender is. Go away from him. Don't, don't lose the ball in silly areas. It was driving. It was just a great goal. Um, and when people talk about, you know, this Fulham side has an all-new back five. It's yeah. only started X amount of players since the playoff final. That's another thing commentators love to say is, Oh, you know, they've only stuck with three players who got them promoted. Well, we've upgraded on them. You know, there's no reason we shouldn't play. Like exactly. So, my answer, Max. Yeah. And then again, the entire back five new players um, with Ariola, Adarbio, Anderson, Ina, Robinson. And they played excellent. So I'm, I'm happy with the team, but I'm also happy with this goal because it showed what happens when you actually get Premier League players in your team. That's a great point. Very good point. All right, Giannis, let's now talk about the second goal. And uh, we could talk about the actual foul for the penalty in the box. You know, it's funny because I've watched this several times. I think it's a penalty. I've heard some say, no, it's not a penalty. Maybe 20 years ago that wasn't a penalty or maybe even before that. But Bobby Decadover-Reed was first to the ball. And, you know, again, uh, he was fouled by Fuchs. It was Fuchs, correct? Yes. Yes. And uh, and then, you know, a couple of minutes go by and then VAR takes over and VAR has taken stuff away from Fulham. Well, in this match, they gave him one and thankfully they did. And then you have the huge decision for Ivan Cavallaro Giannis to take another penalty. He takes another penalty. And as Max said earlier, he, it was a wonderful penalty and the confidence that he had to have gotten from that is just has to be through the roof. And hopefully he can build on that. Your thoughts on everything that goes along with the second goal for Fulham? Well, to coin a phrase, as soon as he'd made the challenge, Fuchs knew he was fooked. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I mean, they could, and, and they could have a read. I mean, he's, he's, he's done a brilliant job at wing back, but then he's gone popping in and he's in the box. And you saw, saw as soon as he went down, you know, he was upset at the non-call. Yep. Give credit to the ref. You know, he waited. To, and I think I think Fuchs probably thought, oh, this is all going to be forgotten. But I you didn't see many remonstrations from Brendan, Brendan Rogers. You didn't see many of the players surrounding the referee after the no. decision. Um, and, you know, the fun of it has been, you know, uh, we don't want to take penalties because it's, oh, it's been a bit of a train wreck. And you could see there was the um, Scotty on the sidelines was looking, was looking who's going to take it, and then you could see him say Cav, because I think Bobby thought he was going to take it. Yeah. So then Cav takes it, and Bobby's a little bit disappointed, but he really is a. I mean, he's a team player. I've been high on him from the start. Just his work rate, and uh, Cav has Schmeichel's guessed correctly. Correctly, and this is what sort of worries me because of the angle he comes in. Yep. It's much tougher to come in from, I call it the southwest angle, and have to wrap the ball around to go into the to the, to the northwest to wrap it round. So Schmeichel guessed correctly it was going to go to his his left, um, but Cavs struck it struck it cleanly, and the reaction of Scotty on the sidelines said it all. I mean, it was he realised then that, that this could be something big. 
and um, you could see the self-belief begin to grow. And um, I mean, it was a huge goal because if we, you know, if we go into half time and it's one nothing. Yep. But the longer it was two nothing, the, the more confidence we had. And he made the subsequent happy, but um, Cav deserves a lot of credit for stepping out. And Deco Dovery does a lot of credit just for his speed in the box. Yep. Um, it was, you know, he's... Uh, it was a great pass, by the way, that yeah. led to that. Go back yeah. and watch. I believe it was Olaina. It was Olaina, yeah. Yeah. So they worked very well together. And, hey, I'd be very surprised if they don't go with the same tandem. Um, Sad. And it's funny. I, if I'm not well, mistaken, I was thinking about that. We can talk about that at the end of the show. Would you yeah. go with the same formation against Manchester City? Would you do it again? Well, you're going to, assuming Sterling's going to start, um, I'd be worried about Mahrez. If he has the sort of game he had against Burnley, <sighs> I mean, he scored three, could have scored ten. But um, he might do. I mean, he might do. City now, the good thing about this whole game is that Pep will look at the boys and say, now, you know what? These aren't patsies. We're going to have to take them seriously. Yeah. And looking at their, where are they, eighth in the table now? I'm not sure where they are, but they're obviously the season isn't what what they expected. No, not so at all. they will take us seriously. And hey, yeah. a bit of interesting stat for everybody: we've now we've conceded less goals in the league this year than Arsenal. <laughs> so, wow, that's an interesting stat. It that's, is, yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Okay, yeah. good stuff there, my friend. All right, so let's end with this. Let's talk about being up two at the half. Max, what was going through your mind at halftime? I was. It was initially delighted with two up at the Cape King Power. Then I'm thinking, what have you when have we been two goals up the season at all? And I was reminded of the West Brom match. But we didn't know what to do, Ross. We had no idea what to do with this with this two 0 lead and it yeah. showed and it did make me nervous because I thought, Oh, we're we're in for a long, long forty five minutes. Yeah. Leicester actually got a couple of chances even before the half. They did. It was nervy. Um you you had the sense because Parker loves to you know add the other center back and the championship sit back you know not really go for the killer goal but just kind of sit, um con, you know compose what we have and just hold on to that and I was worried that we wouldn't hold on because the longer we sat back I knew the more Leicester would push on and it was honestly a miracle that it took until the 85th minute for them to score because so I think if that goal goes in 50th 60th 70th minute then we were in real trouble but. You know, we did our job, and it wasn't pretty at the end. No. We got very lucky. We wrote our luck. It was definitely aged me a couple of years there. Um, and then, of course, we had the empty goal. We couldn't hit the empty net. Oh, it, was just, it was a mess, but we did it. We got three points. Yeah, we're not used to being in this position. You know, we're not used to preserving a lead. Because think about it. When, when have you really led this season in the Premier League? West Brom, yep. Sheffield United. That's it. I mean, yeah, it's But good, here's the thing, know? Max. Under Parker, they have. You know, they were the Kings last season of winning by a goal yeah. and and playing from ahead. Yeah. So maybe the, the players aren't used to it, but Parker is. Yeah, it did fact, Parker me. wants yeah. to play from ahead like this. It reminded yeah. me of the championship days. You know, it reminded me actually of almost a Swansea City match, which is almost a year ago. Yeah. Same time when we went 2-0 up, Swansea got a goal back, and we're hanging on for dear life. So just goes to show we're in a new division, but we can still blow the same tactics and <laughs> ride our luck massively. Okay. What's going through your mind, Giannis, at halftime? Scotty probably went in the change rooms and, think, and probably told him, don't think you're that good because you're not. <laughs> he probably, he'd have kept him well-grounded and said, look, forget the score. Who cares? We've got a bit, they're going to they're gonna throw, they, he's going to put subs on. 
He did. Yep, which he did. Vardy's, Vardy's, Vardy may wake up. He didn't, but it could have happened. They've got a lot of good players there. Madison was very slow getting off the mark first half. He's bound to wake up second half. It's a nil-nil game. You're not that good just because you're here. I think we got a little bit of luck with the conditions in the first half because it was driving rain. And they, yep. It seemed to spook them a little bit more than it spooked us. But um, he'd have kept them well-grounded and said, hey, don't don't get any ideas in your head that you're that good because you're not. Second half, they'll come at us. And to be fair, the, the lads really applied themselves in the second half and um, they, they put in the same sort of effort that they did in the first. Absolutely, and, um And you've got to, I mean, you've got to, um, you know, this is Scotty's team now. This is, this is, he's shown he's, he's not scared to change tactics, but he's not scared to bench players for specific games or if he doesn't think they're pulling their weight. That's a great point. It's a great so, point, Giannis, because if it wasn't his team, he would just play, just go with his best players, right? Go, go with the most talented players. He's not doing that. He's nope. looking at the opponent and he's playing players that he feels will give him the best chance to win. Or like you said, if a player's not performing to what he expects, he's not going to play him or he's not going to start him. So it's Scott Parker's team. That's a great way to look at that. Max, back over to you. Let's talk about the second half because I'm, I'm glad that Giannis led us into talking about the second half because when you look at it, and again, I watched back the match, I was impressed more by the second half performance because I'm talking about the defensive shape that Fulham were in for the second half was, again, I'm, I'm watching the movement. I'm watching how the center backs, were, the three of them were in unison, and then, of course, the two wing backs. This was consistent. It was consistent in the second half. It was consistent once they got the lead. It was the game plan. They did not change. It was professional. And we saw that. Now, again, obviously, we're going to talk about the goal from Barnes later on. But before that, ask yourself, when you look at this, how dangerous were Leicester City? Even with the changes, did you feel that threatened watching that second half? I I know it felt like two years for, for 45 minutes. But when you really take a look at it now, Fulham really were in control. The truth of the matter is we had more clear-cut chances in the second half. It's a Absolutely. fifth minute, you know? Lookman probably should have put the match away with that lovely yes. backing move. Robinson with a great cutback, which is really nice passing. And we had that seven-minute period where we were dominating possession late in the match. Yeah, and, and Loftus' cheek had a shot that was barely deflected over. We had chances. Um and Leicester City had all the possession, but you're right, they couldn't create much. No. And it's just like uh, we've talked about, when we denied them the counterattacking possibility, we denied Vardy those balls in behind, they didn't have... They what, didn't have a plan B. They didn't have what, they, what we thought they'd have, right? I mean, this is the team that was fourth in the league. As you guys mentioned, they could have gone, you know, be at the top with a win. Couldn't break us down. Couldn't break down one of the leakiest defenses in the Premier League. Gives me hope, you know? Well... Giannis, I want to go back to you. Do you think Rodgers was surprised with how Fulham set up? Yes. Yeah, and he probably, um, I mean... Because Liverpool, it didn't feel like they were prepared for this. No, nah, they weren't. Liverpool beat him up at Anfield. And, and then they went they went to um, Braga in the that incredible Europa League. Not like when we were in the Europa League when it actually meant something. you know. So they went to Braga and they conceded three, so that's six in two games. And he's probably looked at it and gone, oh, yeah, well, this lot of these patsies are nineteenth. This should be fun, but um, we came out with a purpose from the first minute. 
Yeah. And um, sometimes, and and this is this is um, this is a lesson to to all managers. You can't take teams lightly. And in case you know, and I've got a huge amount of respect for Brendan Rodgers. He's done a fantastic job there. But look, oh, what's I agree. Happened. Look what's happening in Cel- at Celtic. You know, they spent all that money. Da da da. They won what nine, ten leagues in a row, and all of a sudden, the bottom has literally fallen out. Through, yeah. And then they lost to Ross County in the Scottish Cup. There was what was there was protests and and uh, missiles thrown at Parkhead, um, and a lot of it has been directed towards Lennon, yep. Neil Lennon. Yeah, but he's become too too complacent that it's too easy. And now they're out of the Europa League as well. And but Parker's made of steadier stuff than that. And so um, I think Rogers probably looked at them and said, "Oh, this should be." You know, this is the perfect tonic after the Liverpool drubbing. And as it turned out, we were up for the game. Yeah. And if, if the game has earned us any respect, that's great because, you know, it's tough enough to get out of the championship. We know that. Yep. I think the very minimum that teams deserve that get promoted is respect from the teams. You can't snuff your nose and it's still full of I think we earned some respect in this Yeah, match. we deserved it. And on the basis of that, you know, City and, and Liverpool are our next two games. And, and I hope they're going to take us seriously because if they don't there are points to be had they may not think so but if we play like we did on monday there are points to be had by the way as uh chris my friend uh just uh put in the comment section manchester city are 11th yeah well it's it's a weird i tell you what it's a very weird season it's it's i didn't do on the weekend you know we've seen west ham draw man city there's no reason we can't Get something for the next two matches, especially coming off the Leicester match. It, yeah. There's parity here, you know. There there is parity, and and these sides aren't playing as well as I thought they'd do. And again, I think they're going to under, underestimate us for sure. Oh, Even I agree. Left, people aren't going to think full and pose a threat. Oh, I'm sure. Be yeah, yeah, it's it's a shame we don't. Um, it's a shame we don't. I mean, notwithstanding Monday, it's a shame we're a striker short. Um. I'd like to have a you know a striker more so that we can we can provide different threats to teams, um, and that's I'm asked for the January window, of course, right? Um, but um, if we in the absence of that, if you have a game plan that allows you to hit teams on the break with speed and skill, like we did Monday, yep, then we're laughing. But no, but somebody mentioned today, by the way, on Facebook, someone said they they missed Floyd Aite. What's that all about? <laughs> Come on. We've not got to that. Okay. No, we we have not. All right, guys. Uh, Giannis, back over to you. Mm. Because, again, the match is getting into its late stages, and uh, it's the 85th minute. And as I mentioned, I I thought Fulham were professionally shutting down Leicester City. But what happens late on? We have the goal from Harvey Bond. So I want to get your thoughts on the goal. That made it two to one, and obviously would lead to a very nervy finish. Uh, as I said, I think Scotty Parker will be furious with Lamina because the the, ball, the cross has come in. Nobody's picked up Vardy. Uh, uh, it's a, it's a nod down. It's a, uh, Vardy's just su- such class. And Harvey Barnes, Lamina's got Barnes, but he's not even goal side of him. He's square of him, so and he does he does a little nudge, but. Barnes does a brilliant job, just chests and hits it on the half bar. It's a cracking goal. And Ariel is yep. not getting to that, but but Parker will Parker will lose his marbles because he will he will turn around 
to Mr. Lamina and say, look, I brought you on um, for 13 minutes. He came on for Loftus Cheek. This was your chance, you know, just keep things tight. Yep. And really, the one chance you had, and you blew it. And that's where um, he's probably the only player, Brian wasn't on for long enough, but he was probably the only player that he will be a little disappointed with. Yeah. Because he'll say he needed to finish the job that Loftus Cheek did. And uh, it, it needed to take a very good goal to, to unlock us. And it was a great goal. by It was. Just, just combo was super top quality. But he'll be disappointed with where Lamina's body position was. And it wasn't touch tight. I think if it's touch tight, he doesn't have the room to turn. And then he doesn't get the shot off and it doesn't go in. But um, So that'll be a reminder to the players. Look, against the best teams, you can't switch off for yep. one second because they will... Even if it's a half chance, they will punish you. And, they, and and to be fair to Leicester, they did that on Monday. They did. They did. And that's going to lead to the end of this match. And, Max, I'm going to give you the honors here because what's interesting, and uh, as I mentioned to you guys off air, I was listening to or watching these videos from uh, these Leicester City uh, fan sites and uh, very interesting stuff. And uh, one of them was talking about the end, end of this match and, uh, you know, the opportunity there. But when you look at it, at the very end for Leicester City, Fulham took care of it. You know, it, it looked bad, the ball over the top, but Fulham took care of it. And that's kind of how the match went. And then, of course, at the very end, they had the opportunity to score a third goal. So, in a way, it did look a little nervy, but they took care of business. Yeah, we did. Uh, just to go back to the goal, I think Giannis, I, I agree Lamina definitely is is partially to blame. I think it is harsh to isolate him, though. Because I think the header from Adarabayo is off. Backwards, yeah. It's, it's not a clearance. If anything, it's a through ball to Vardy. And let's also watch both Dekadova Reed and Aina get sucked into Vardy and leave Barnes free. And, and for sure, the defensive midfielder, Lamina, should be covering better than he did. He barely challenged it, as you mentioned. But that was, a, I think, a defensive wide deficiency in, in, in that goal because you have the right back and the, and the right center back being dragged to one player, leaving. Barnes free. And the only reason that's cause we can point fingers at Cavalier and Robinson because I think it's Tielemans has all the time in the world to swing that cross. So I wouldn't go all the way just to single out Lamina that harshly because I think there are a lot of people who can be blamed for that goal. Well, the man, the, the, the thing, what, what Scotty probably would have looked at um, is whether rightly or wrongly, he'd say, okay, if in that particular, if you, okay, Adarabayo has knocked it back and, and we've got courts, we're at sixes and sevens. If Loftus Cheek is in that particular position, what's his body position going to be like? Because I thought Loftus Cheek had a very quietly a very good game, especially um, in in terms of his defensive shape. So he will look at that, and it's just the little things, and it's a good thing. But it's actually a good thing because it it will just be with a reminder that at this level we're not playing we're not playing Rotherham United. Right? Yeah. No disrespect to Rotherham, you know. but you're not. Right. Because very good teams will do that. Now, it depends how he holds it, but I still think that in the box, you've got to mark much tighter than that. You've just, uh, he just, what he did, it was like a, almost like a, an afterthought push. And despite that, Harvey Barnes has got the, the chest and the, the half volley off. But it, at the end of the day, on the outfield, it's, it's 10 1v1s. And, it, and he'll look at that and say, okay, well, it was Adebayo didn't make that there, that's one. Two, three, now it's four. But that last bit was an opportunity to close down and not have Barnes get the shot off. And I'd say it was. 
Um, but that's fair. It's a, it's a fair point. I mean, it's a, it was a team defensive thing. I just thought Lamina, Lamina could have done better there. Okay, very good. All right. All right, good stuff, guys. All right, let's end with talking about man of the match. And uh, it's funny mm-hmm. because uh, I will just share with you that the man of the match from, I believe, Emilio was Nguisa. I believe Rob, I, I think we all said, I could be wrong. I thought we all said Nguisa. Rob Wilson, I think, did as well. I'm not 100% sure. Having a senior moment, as you would say, Giannis. But I, I know he was he was my man of the match. Max, we'll go to you first. Who was your man of the match? Decker Overeed, no doubt. Okay. You know, a player being asked to play in a position they're unfamiliar in, in a very tough place to go away, and doing it perfectly for the almost entire match. And then also winning the penalty, let's not forget. Not only did he contribute in right wing back, he went forward and, and did the offensive duties very well. And also having, you know, the grace to give it to Cavalier because he had that ball before the penalty and easily could have descended into a Mitro, you know, Kamara thing where there's a bit of a spat and that yep. never ends up well. But he listened to the to the manager and made sure that Cavalier had the ball, that Cavalier was trusted. There was no mind games going on. So for me, Decorative Reed deserves a great amount of credit just for for the pure improbability of that performance. Yeah. Um I back man of the match. Okay. Giannis, who was man of the match for you? On any other day, it would have been Angisa for me uh, because of the that that first goal. The, the one of the most talented players I've seen in all my years following has been Musa Dembele, just because okay. of his what a legend. Yeah, that goal, um, the first goal, was just a brilliant drive and run and pass and finish from Lookman. But I have to give it to Bobby. Bobby today wow. on Monday was absolutely lights out. Uh, he was asked to do something unfamiliar. Isn't it funny if you look at the statistics of the chances created and the goals scored? Bobby seems to be there or thereabouts. Yeah, gets us the penalty. He got into a bit of a spat. I'm just thinking, who was he? Getting? He got into a spat with someone in the second half. I think Loftus Cheek had been taken out, and um, Bobby wasn't happy with it. So he was he was quick to get in there and you know getting into face of a couple of Leicester players. You know, he was up for it, but he's every game. He, he's zero to 19 minutes. You look at his work rate. Every game does it. And and this is a guy who, Max has said, he's, he's a, you say, championship, championship player. But I, if I'm not mistaken, only two players who played on Monday played in the playoff final. One, as a starter, one was Bobby and the other was Harrison. Wow. So two of the 11. And that, That's that crazy. Tells, it tells you all you know. I mean, he likes Bobby. He trusts Bobby. Oh, he does. And the work rate, and this is it. If you look at Bobby and you look at Lookman um, and you look at Loftus-Cheek and look at Anguissa, we outworked Leicester. That's right, Giannis. And, that's and that was it. That's what they what we did. And well, Bobby, I, to me, exemplified that. Well, you know, and again, this is probably going to be a strange comparison. I'm just talking about players that have uh, played different positions. And this is the first time Bobby Decker-Dover-Reed, I believe, has played this position. But what's great about this, because uh, I've always enjoyed players that are willing to play a different position and thrive at it. Chris Baird did this. Yes. Chris Baird actually played several different positions and thrived in it. He was not dominant in any position, Giannis, but Baird, he did Baird his job. Know. He just did his job. It's funny because, again – no one that's listening to this will, will know the New England Revolution, but the New England Revolution made a big decision by turning a striker into a right back, Tejan Buchanan. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. similar to a situation with Bobby Decker Dover Reed and it paid off. It paid off big time for, for, uh, for my local team. And I like managers that are willing to do this. Roy Hansen did this again with Fulham. So when I look at this and I, and I, for me, it goes back to Spark Parker to making this huge decision to say, you know what? He can play this role and he thrived in it. So I understand why you guys are giving it to Bobby Deckard over right now. I'm still going with Ingisa. I, I think we're a different team with Ingisa. Giannis going back okay. to that Everton match. You understood the decision and I understand the decision not to start him, but they missed him. It doesn't change the fact that they missed him in the early stages of that game against Everton. If he starts and is the player that we saw Monday night, I think Fulham beat Everton. Uh, and I know that's, or, or I shouldn't say beat Everton. I think they get a result. I, I, I think I think they missed him big time. So I'm going to go with Angisa. And I actually did a poll, guys, earlier on the Cottage Talk uh, Twitter page. And I had a good amount of votes. I had about 308 votes. Angisa was at 46%, but Bobby Decadova Reed, guys, was at 40%. Harrison Reed was at 10%, and Adam Luckman was at 4%. So it's pretty close, but I understand why you guys went with Bobby Decadova Reed. Okay. Great show, you. guys. Great show. This is this is fun to do. Max, final thoughts before we end the show. You know, we're top of the mini league as it stands, mm-hmm. but we're fourth and bottom. Just need to stay there. You know, no easy tasks. I think, you know, I did express some optimism yep. about City and Liverpool matches, but I think as supporters, you do need to prepare for some heavy thrashings. You can hope against hope that we'll pull something out, but more likely than not, we might lose both those matches. And the Brighton match becomes massive. The Newcastle match becomes yep. massive. We haven't seen consistency from this team all season. You know, we still have a really poor record. I mean, two wins is not great at this yep. stage. It's really not. But we hope we turn the corner. I, re- I really hope Monday night can be a turning point because we need to replicate this against the teams around us. And I do fear that when it's a little less, when, when the onus is on us per se, we can't step up. I do worry that even though we played well against West Brom, I don't want to see a repeat of a Sheffield United match or a Palace match. I want to see this confident team play. But likely we're going to be asked to go on the front foot yep. against teams like Brighton and Newcastle. So still still the jury's out on the side. This performance gives me hope, but we're definitely not there yet. Okay. Giannis, final thoughts for you. Yeah, I mean, we, we, at least we go into the City and Liverpool games with a bit, you know, some confidence. That's and, right. Um, which we need, and Max is right, the Brighton game is going to be big. Uh, but at the very least, when we go up to Manchester on Saturday, we're going to have a... Going to, the lads will feel good about themselves. And um, I'm really curious to see what the lineup's going to be for that one. Because, so I, you, you know, you've got your top goal scorer, who, to be fair, I thought did a decent job when he came on, but Kenny yep. didn't come off the bench. So, I, I mean, this I didn't hear anything about either of them carrying a knock that hasn't been mentioned but let's assume that they didn't have a knock yep um especially candy's gonna be a pissed off little bunny and that's good so you know what if 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 your manager doesn't think you're good enough as the club captain to be in the starting 11 then that's your issue so you're gonna have to work on it and okay. uh, how do you drop anybody from how do you drop anybody from this lineup? For, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. I don't know. I, I, I want to say this, guys, and I don't know if you noticed this at the end of the match, <clears> but um, Adam Ola Lookman came off looking a little 
a little ginger coming off. So I, that's been just a thought of mine. I'm just, just to keep that in mind, I hope he's okay for the upcoming match. But, uh, it, you know, again, I've seen that before from other players, and then they're fine. But Does that mean uh, he, looks, he looks like Harrison Reed? Yes. <laughs> yes, actually the same thing. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I... Yeah, that's very actually, funny. So did, actually, Harrison Reed took a knock in the second. That's round. what. It, yeah, and I wasn't that, sure. Yeah, that's where I thought you were going. Boy, there's a huge Goldman on my head. Okay, good it, it, stuff. It, it, good stuff there, know. guys. My final thoughts, actually, as I mentioned earlier, I w- I want to recommend to phone supporters. Listen, Emilio and I had the opportunity on uh, talking to two two fan sites that are, again uh, that were really good. You know. Um, Lester Till I Die with uh, Emilio, and then I had Jamie on from um, Lester Fan TV. He was great. Highly recommend you watching their post-match shows. I highly recommend on YouTube, watch them, because I I think you'll get a lot out of them. And like I mentioned, the Lester Till I Die, they had on a a former player, and he gave full praise to Fulham. But the one that I think Fulham supporters really need to watch, and there was a a watch-along, it's the... YouTube channel of Lee Chappie. Just watch that. Just watch it. I highly recommend if you want to be entertained as a Fulham supporter, watch the YouTube channel for Lee Chappie, and you will not be disappointed. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For Yash and Anson, and Matt's Cohen, and Russ Coleman, thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.